Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. It's time for Midday Edition on KPBS. Hey, if you don't already drive one, what's keeping you from getting an electric vehicle? We'll talk about the challenges. I'm Jade Hindman. Here's to conversations that keep you informed, inspired, and make you think. Researchers emphasize why parking gas cars and moving to electric vehicles is so important to emissions goals. The number one option for reduction from any other policy we have is electrifying our light duty vehicles. But are people buying electric vehicles at the rate they should? And how available are charging stations across San Diego County? We'll have answers ahead on Midday Edition. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. The number of electric vehicles on California's roads have increased dramatically over the past few years, but EV sales declined in the second half of last year, leading to concerns about the state's long-term move towards an electrical future. So how is California doing in its transition to electric vehicles and its overall climate goals? And what do consumers considering an EV need to know? Jay Kim and Gil Tall are scholars on the matter, and they're here to answer those questions. Jay is an associate professor of industrial and systems engineering at the University of San Diego. Jay, welcome. Thank you for having me. Glad to have you here. And Gil is professor and director of the Electric Vehicle Research Center at UC Davis. Gil, welcome to you too. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Glad to have you both here. So first question, what do you make of the decline in EV sales at the end of last year? So the decline in EV sales uh, towards the end of last year, there are a few factors. First of all, I don't think it's just the EV market itself. The overall car market, I think you're, you're facing headwinds. Inflation and higher interest rates are definitely hurting uh, consumers. So people are a lot more hesitant to make the purchase. This is probably for most consumers, the second biggest purchase after a home. So it's, it's a big, big decision. So 
The EV market is facing the same issue with you know higher prices, you know, higher interest rates, and you know also if you kind of consider what's happened the last year, um, the EV market's been basically on fire. I mean, it's been you know growth has been really really high, but now we're transitioning from early adopters to mainstream adopters. So as you make that transition, we're going to run into more issues because the mainstream adopters are going to have a lot more basically barriers. So uh, it's only it's only natural what we're seeing right now uh, as we see the slowdown. Smooth transition was wishful thinking, huh? <laughs> okay, um, Gil. Uh, well, I think that the decline is a more rumor than a real decline. If we look, we should not look at one month or a quarter, but look at uh, 2023, 22, and how things change. The most popular passenger car in California is the Tesla Model 3. 15% of the market. The most popular light truck in California by far is the Model Y and other electric cars are up there uh, at the top. I think that um, we like to kind of see this small percent reduction as a real problem, but the market is growing and growing strong. Well, Gil, how much of California's carbon emissions come from car travel? So um, it's about more than 20%, almost 30% is from transportation. A lot of it is from car travel. It's probably the single, like the number one option for reduction from any other policy we have is electrifying our light duty vehicles. Wow. In my head, I'm thinking, you know, the farming industry, you know, that there's opportunity there, but but really it is um, in our motor vehicles. Question for both of you. The visibility and reliability of public charging stations is also likely playing a role uh, in some people's hesitation to really turn to EV, doesn't it? Yes, definitely. Range anxiety is, a lot of it is kind of illogical because most uh, U.S. drivers don't drive, um, on average, 80% drive fewer than 30 miles in a day. So an EV with, uh, let's say, a 300 mile range, it's more than enough. This fear of like you're going to get stranded somewhere, it's... It's, it's, it doesn't really happen, but at the same time, it's a real fear for a lot of consumers. One of the ways to get over this is um, visibility. Having a lot of EV charges available, even if people aren't using them in, you know, in large numbers, just having that available alone will help ease this anxiety and help adoption. But do you think that there are enough available? There aren't enough available yet, but if you were to, we're gaining momentum. Um, there's a lot of funding available through the Inflation Reduction Act. And I think one of the big changes is the new building codes, basically, for a lot of the new housing, a lot of the new um, you know, hotels, motels, or commercial buildings. There's basically a mandated requirement that you have certain number of EV charging stations or EV charging-ready infrastructure built in. So that's going to help drive adoption. Jay, do you foresee that people aren't going to really jump into buying an electric vehicle until that happens. Yeah, so for a lot of the early adopters, a lot of them have, you know, their own charging station at home. They have access, they have their own garages. So, you know, having a public charging station wasn't probably at the top of their list. But as you move to mainstream consumers who may be living in more higher density housing, having more public charging available is going to be critical because, again, it's going to help them overcome that range anxiety. Also, they know that, you know, this technology is available for them and, you know, they can basically build it into their day, whether they're charging at home or charging at work. It's going to be available for them wherever they go. So it's going to definitely help drive adoption. Mm. And Gil, what are your thoughts on the availability of charging stations and the impact that may be having on whether or not people buy electric vehicles? Yeah, so uh, Jay said most of the charging infrastructure already exists at homes. 
most of the cars in California lives in home that people can plug in the, the car at home. And then the second place to charge your car is at work. So more than 80% of that will happen while you're doing something else. And it works for most people. Uh, the part that we hear more horror stories is the fast chargers on roads. So when you will do a trip that is more than 300 miles or, or so, you will need to stop once for charging. And we need way more chargers than what we have today. It's already happening. It's happening fast. There are billions of dollars coming to California from the federal government, from the state, uh, from the energy, the utility companies, from private companies. So we will see many, many more chargers in the next couple of years that, that will allow us to do these long trips without too much planning and too much stories that we hear today. Mm. Well, also, Gil, what are some things consumers should think about when looking into buying an electric car? That's a, that's a great question. I think that the first thing you need to know is can you plug in the car at home or while you're at home or while you're at work uh, in a reliable place? If you don't have a reliable charger that is your daily charging, that uh, um, you have a control over the charger, also over the price, then don't buy electric car yet. Wait for the charger to show up, wait for the ability to charge. That's the main thing. Now, if you have only one car in your household, you can consider plug-in hybrid. So when you run out of charge after 40, 50 mile driving, you go to a gas and you drive on a hybrid car. And then if you're not driving much or if you're driving too much, it's also not for you. So I think that today about two thirds of the new car buyers can buy an electric car and benefit from it. But you need to check if you're a part of these two thirds. Jay, any uh, thoughts on that? What I want to add to the discussion here is the, the availability of charging stations. It's going to grow uh, quickly, and it's going to uh, – right now, it's – I mean, it's too slow, um, but it needs to grow quickly. If you think of it from an entrepreneurial perspective, if you want to basically build out your own network of charging stations, you need a critical mass of EV drivers out there to make that happen, to make the return investment worthwhile. So as – this adoption grows, it makes it basically makes the economic work out for anyone who's trying to invest in basically a charging infrastructure. So once that happens, I think you'll see more activity from the commercial side to see more of these charging station networks grow in California, which then in turn will grow more adoption as people see more charging stations out there. I'm so glad you brought that up because, see, like right now, if I'm an entrepreneur and I'm looking at investing in that type of inf infrastructure, I'd be hesitant to do so because I'm thinking, well, there just aren't enough electric vehicles out there. And so it's like, which comes first, the chicken or the egg here? People are hesitant to buy electric vehicles. And then perhaps there are some people who are hesitant to even invest in that type of infrastructure to support it. Yeah, I think that has been one of the major barriers. Um, you know, the technology is out there and, you know, there's enough investment dollars out there. But, you know, if you're an, if you're an entrepreneur, if you want to grow this out, you want to make sure you get a return on investment. And having some basically policy assurances really helps. It reduces the uncertainty. So, you know, when California passed uh, legislation based on 2035, we're going to basically ban all gasoline-powered cars, new sales of gasoline-powered cars, that really reduces the risks for, um, you know, entrepreneurs who are looking in this area because we know, you know, people are going to keep driving and they're going to start keep buying cars. Those new cars will be EVs, and I, basically my customer base will be there. So that's definitely going to help uh, spur investment, and that's going to help more activity from the entrepreneur side. But uh, just kind of keeping this discussion on the business model of charging infrastructure is going to be very, very tough 
from the simple reason that it's much cheaper to drive on elect on electricity electricity is cheap and we are selling very cheap commodity and the driving per mile or per day will be much lower cost so um, we need to be much more innovative about what what do we sell the business models and we will need some support from the from the government for uh, for the long run for that hmm and another thing that I wanted to, to talk about is, you know, the cost of EVs, um, which tend to be higher than gasoline-powered cars. Is that a barrier for EV adoption? And I think I could say yes on that, but is it really? It, it is a barrier for sure, uh, because we as, as individuals and as society, we hate to uh, make a large investment now and save over time. Uh, we always have hard time to make these decisions, even so... Uh, most EV buyers, if they will make the investment, they will save on gas and maintenance and everything. That in the end, the long run, it's it's a great decision, but it is a barrier. Price of electric cars is going down. Part of this uh, this narrative of the demand is in problem is that the price is going down, but it's actually because we are going to economy of scale and people will be able to buy them on all flavor and all price ranges. All right, and what about the cost to upkeep? these vehicles um gas powered versus electric you know we all are accustomed to kind of pulling up to a gas station you know about what you're going to spend and it's going to be a lot especially here in california Uh, but what about the cost of electricity Uh, the price uh, driving on electricity is most times much cheaper than driving on gas we need to make sure that it will stay this way for today for example if you pay more than 60 cents per kilowatt hour you probably will be better driving a hybrid car most of us pay much less than that uh and then we we save quite a lot in terms of the basically the upkeep of a electric vehicle for gasoline vehicles um, there's been probably some bad publicity recently for evs and i think this goes back to what gil said earlier it does have to do with the economy of scale Right now, basically, if you have an EV, um, you know, if it breaks down and needs repairs, there aren't enough basically certified, you know, mechanics in EVs. You know, people who can are certified to repair EVs. As a result, it becomes very expensive. But as you get more EVs out there, it, you know, you'll have more certified EV technicians out there, uh, and the cost will come down. Um, so I think again, we, it's a little bit early still, but at some point, you know, if you look at the long run. The cost to keep an EV is much, much cheaper than a gasoline vehicle. Mm. What incentives um, and tax credits are available for people today, and what do they need to know about them in terms of buying an electric vehicle? So there's been changes recently uh, because of the Inflation Reduction Act. There are f- uh, federal tax credits, of non-refundable tax credits, up to $7,500 for certain types of EVs. Um, there's been changes now because the vehicles does have to have final assembly in basically in North America for it to be eligible. And there are some other, uh, there's some income eligibility requirements. The credit comes down to 4,000, I believe, for uh, used cars. And so this has been, I would say, you know, for some of the major car brands out there, this change actually has been very detrimental. It slowed down their sales. For example, Korean companies like Hyundai and Kia, their main EV lines saw a huge decrease in demand because of the sudden change. So this, and also I think it's going to take time for people to understand these changes uh, for this year to understand whether, you know, how they can get the credit, which cars are eligible, and how this whole, you know, mechanism works. Gil, do you have anything to add to that? I would like to say that there is a lot of money out there, and the problem is that the government is not doing a good job on advertising it. Uh, The federal tax credit, the state have a lot of incentives, 
There are now incentives for used EV buyers. If you cannot afford a new one, you can uh, get help buying a used one. Uh, disadvantaged communities across the state have uh, additional incentives that uh, and price reductions. Uh, so uh, you need a little bit of homework, but it's out there and it can be more than $10,000 if you sum it together. To add on to this, this is one of, again, one of the barriers uh, for a consumer. Additional homework or basically additional things that they have to find out on their mm -hmm. own, educating themselves, this, these are another barriers for EV adoption currently. So um, it's going to take effort on you know, dealers or you know, manufacturers to educate and really get the word out there that it is actually affordable for a lot of families uh, if they could actually get these benefits. Right, right. And go through the hoops and huddles right. to get the benefits and find out about <laughs> the benefits. Yeah. Still ahead, what happens if consumers don't buy into driving electric vehicles by 2025? In an ideal setting, honestly for me, is all of these targets become moot points because adoption happens a lot quicker, transitions happen a lot quicker. You're listening to KPBS Midday Edition. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. You're listening to Midday Edition on KPBS. I'm Jade Hindman, and I'm speaking today with Jay Kim and Gil Tall about electric vehicles and California's move to a more electric energy future. Neither one of you actually own an electric vehicle. Why not? Jay, I'll start with you. So I was really, in, I, I, I bought my car pretty recently, I would say in 2019. At that time, you know, um, I was looking for a very specific type of car, which is a mid to large SUV. Even at that time, the options for me were very uh, basically high luxury kind of SUVs that are EVs. So it's basically out of my price range. Um, if I were to buy a car today, it would be an EV. It, I have a lot more options. And, it, you know, I, there's a lot for me to, it's within my price range. So, you know, unfortunately, had I waited maybe a year, I would have had more options. So that's really my main, re the only reason, really. My next car will be an EV. I just kind of mistimed it last time around. Timing. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Gil, what about you? I, I'm driving uh, a plug-in hybrid, so it is an EV. Hmm. Uh, even in 2035, the state will allow 20% of the vehicles to have uh, to be a plug-in hybrid. Uh, as a one-car household, uh, we like to have this... Uh, Swiss Army knife of vehicles. So every day when my wife is commuting with the car, we drive only on electric. And uh, if we are going on a long trip on the weekend, then uh, the hybrid is, is kicks in and, and we drive it as a hybrid. So for us, uh, when we bought this car, it was the best option. Now when we talked about there is more infrastructure out there, more charges, we can probably, our next one will be a full EV. Mm. So 
Jay, I want to know, when considering electric vehicle affordability, as you touched on previously, how important is it, um, how important is having rooftop solar in that? For the early adopters, I would, most of the EV owners um, in the early days had rooftop solar. Um, today, it's not as, I would say, you know, as important. Um, even if you don't have, so by, when you say rooftop solar, the assumption is that you live in a single-family home. You have access to basically, um, you know, local generation um, on-site. Um, you know, not a lot. Not everyone has that. I'll call it luxury, but not everyone has you know a single-family home. So even if you don't live in a single-family home, maybe you live in a multifamily dwelling. Um, you know, not having solar it shouldn't be a deal breaker in terms of getting an EV uh, because there is enough charging out there. Because of the changes. All of new housing in California basically are going to have basically EV capability built in. So you should be able to put an EV charger in wherever you want, wherever you need. And, you know, more charging will be available for you, even if you don't have solar. So I think the economics worked out more favorably if you had solar in the earlier days. These days, I, I, I don't think it's a, you know, for, for a lot of people, it's not available. And also, it's not a deal breaker if you don't have it. Hmm. Gil, where does California stand as far as EV adoption compared to the rest of the country? Well, we are leading the U.S., um, and we are leading the U.S. because we regulated many years ago, and uh, there are states that follow in California, so we will keep lead the U.S. But uh, globally, Norway is selling 85% electric for many years now. Uh, Europe is selling more than us. We used to lead the world. Now we're leading only the U.S. <laughs> Interesting. Um, you, you also say that in a perfect world, California's transition to relying more on electricity would happen more slowly than it is. But the realities of climate change necessitate us to really act quickly. Uh, does that give you concern about the ability of the state's infrastructure to handle growing electricity use? Absolutely. Uh, my concern is that the timeline uh, it takes us, we, ne- we need to upgrade for many years, we were selling less electricity every year. Now we would like to sell more electricity. We're electrifying our transportation system. We're electrifying our housing. Uh, and we need to upgrade the grid, the distribution network, the lines that bring it to your home, the generation and everything. Uh, and it's a long process. So it's not just the cost of doing it. It's also the timeline. And I think that we need to keep pushing our decision makers, the political uh, back, uh, people in California, the politicians, to uh, make sure that it's happening on time because that's the easiest way for us to curb our uh, greenhouse gases. Jay, what are your thoughts? We need to act quicker. Uh, that's for sure. Um, you know, we can set these targets, but you know, my in, in an ideal setting, honestly, for me, is all of these targets become moot points because adoption happens a lot quicker, transitions happen a lot quicker. It's really hard to improve things that you can't measure. So if you have tangible targets, it's going to help us get there. Um, and it also, again, I think it lowers the risks for entrepreneurs who are looking at this area. Uh, we know we're going to meet some of these targets. So, you know, there's going to be investment dollars involved. We do need to push ourselves continuously. And I think, you know, unfortunately, like Gil said, you know, California used to be the leader in all of these things. Now, the rest of the world, a lot of countries are getting ahead. That's, that's a good thing. But, you know, I think we set the tone on a lot of these things in the, in, for the country. So we have to keep leading. Um, and then for California, it's very important that, especially for vehicle standards, California is the vehicle standard, basically. All of the rest of the country follows. So we want to make sure that we're always ahead of everybody. And we kind of push, push, a, push ahead here. 
Um, that's really the only way to kind of tackle this climate change problem as soon as possible. Hmm. Gail, what challenges remain for California's transition to electricity? There are many challenges to the transition to 100%. I can say that we are on a really good path to get to 50 or 60% of the market. But getting to 100, we need many more chargers for people who cannot charge at home. Uh, for apartments and condos and, and complexes, we will need many more chargers. We need many more chargers on, on the roads to make it easy for us to travel uh, every day and weekends and so on. And then we have a lot of these age cases, people in rural areas, people in very low income areas, people who drive hundreds of miles a day and so on, that it's going to be much harder to electrify those. Saying all of that, I think that the number one worry that I have is the politicization of, of EVs. Climate change is, is, I think, we all agree that is a main problem and we can we can do a change here and I hope that it will not become a political issue. And finally, Jay, how is California doing in its climate goals? This is for, for both of you to to answer actually. I'm an overly optimistic person, I would say, most times. Um, you know, overall we're making good progress. Uh, we're meeting some of our targets that we set for ourselves. Again, this can't happen too quickly, in my opinion, right? We have to push and push. I agree with Gil, this politicization of this issue is very alarming because this is really not a political issue. Um, you know, it's, it affects everybody. It doesn't matter what your political affili- affiliations are. So, you know, in California, I think is going to make, we've already made a lot of progress, but it's kind of like, you know, the low-hanging fruit principle, right? We've been able to make huge progress because we're able to accomplish the things that are easy to do first. So now the last 10, 20, 30, whatever that may be, those are going to be the harder parts. Uh, do we have the political will and basically investment? Are we willing to make the investment to make that happen? We need to, We don't really have time to lose. So um, as far as I concern, I think California, we as a population and, you know, our, if you look at our political institutions, I think we are going to be fine. Can we then motivate the rest of the country to follow suit so that we could actually get to our end goals here together? And Gil, what about you? I mean, do you have any concerns we won't be able to meet the climate goals? I have. I always have a concern we won't be able because it's a very slow process and a lot of moving points. California is, is doing amazing job. Uh, we need to remember that light-duty vehicles, we are leading at that, but we also would like to electrify our heavy-duty, our transit system, uh, keep this momentum with uh, electric cars, with battery electric, uh, uh, and so on. Uh, and, and this is a, a tall order. And we, we need the political will and we need to understand that we will have to have some public support, funding and so on for the long run to make it happen. I've been speaking with Jay Kim, Associate Professor of Industrial and Systems Engineering at the University of San Diego. Jay, thank you very much. Thank you. And Gil Tall, Professor and Director of the Electric Vehicle Research Center at UC Davis. Gil, thank you. Thank you. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships 
or hohenmotors.com.